G'day. On today's edition of Sweet As the Podcast, we have the illustrious Mark Wilson, who's a bit of a character and never short of a word. Uh, he's a horse lover and a diehard Stags fan. I'm going to touch on that and his niche personal training techniques that somehow get results. Uh, we talk about the merits of denim and perhaps a future in politics. Your real self is inside you. Your body gets old. Some of you go up and look at the fridge, look on, you don't have no teeth. Your hair is leaving you. Your bodies get tired. But your soul and your spirit never die. Sweat as the podcast. All right. Hey, Mark, Mark Wilson. Welcome to the Sweat as podcast. Good to be here, Henry, young man. We've actually got a bit of a sweat up um, for the Sweat as feature, but before we. I get too carried away. I'll have to introduce you as sort of the epitome of a southern man. Well, from, I've come from down south, Henry, and I do enjoy a tipple on the old tri-star from time to time, but yeah, I'm not going to claim too much fame around the old southern man. I don't have any working dogs and uh, that sort of thing yet. Got a, got a horse, he's sort of a bit like a dog. Yeah, I feel like you're sort of, I reckon you're maybe three, three quarters of the way there. Of uh, full blown southernness, but yeah, maybe the dog and uh, a farm sh- shy of that full yeah. southern man status. We'll just keep punching away over the years, and uh, we'll get there eventually. Hey, um, well, you lead a pretty pretty marvelous lifestyle. Um, we'll hopefully touch on all facets of that, but most recently, you know, a pretty pleasurable trip up north to the big city, Auckland. You, yeah, well, I do have to travel a little bit for work, Henry. Uh, most weeks uh, these days, unfortunately, when you live in Queenstown, you sort of tend to want to want to be here, but. Um, yeah, no, every week I go away, and then last week I did go to Auckland, and uh, yeah, it was always a good trip up there, and um, I, I found out that uh, I think sometimes here in New Zealand, air hostesses actually have business cards, apparently, that, that they can give out if you've got customer service reviews, so yeah, it's yeah, it's and, and they always do a good job on the flight, I got a few lollies and that sort of thing. It's funny, because until you mentioned that, I've never heard of anyone sort of being personally delivered a, uh, you know, a feedback card, uh, and it sounded like the guy next to you was a bit bemused as to why you sort of got uh, singled out. Yeah, well, he, or maybe he just looked like he might not be one of those five-star reviewers, Henry. Right, right, right. Was it a good flight? No, it was, it was a good flight. Uh, I have a few delays, unfortunately, and uh, I think airport's been busy around the uh, country these days. It's hard for them to get away on time, but no, I couldn't complain. Great flight, very good uh, flight crew, and uh, arrived on time. Now, you went up for um, what I gather was predominantly for the Southlands... It's Southland Stags game. Yeah, well, I had a bit of work first, but obviously you want to tie these things in with your uh, passions, and, and the Southland Stags are a pretty big passion of mine, and it's been a pretty rough three or four years, so if you can get a few fans up there like we try to do, uh, it, it helps the boys out, and, and I think, well, they might not have been that happy to see us. We, we were definitely happy to watch. So are you purely there as a, in a fan capacity? Because I was under the impression you might have been you know, Stags crew, some sort of professional capacity at times. Well, I've been involved in a professional capacity over the years, but uh, now it's just purely a fan relationship now. It's just one of the many random things I've done with my life. I guess uh, I do a bit of work for the Southland Stags a, a few years back. What, what was it? Is it like marketing and bloody, or just groupie? Well, I, you know, it, this is a fitness podcast, but I can rest assure you that it wasn't fitness. They were pretty well looked after by esteemed trainers like Simon Jones, who's now the uh, Japanese... Uh, team's trainer and, and, and Mark Bear. I'm not sure where he's gone I don't think it's into fitness but he was a good trainer at the time old Bero so he did a good job um, Congrats to Southland now that we mentioned them on their first win and how many years just a, just a couple of weeks ago they sort yeah. of wiped counties they know, did. Off, the, off the face but of I, the earth I, I, I do remember Henry back in the day they didn't win too often and we were still pretty passionate fans and 
back in Dunedin uh, when you went up there for university as most young Southlanders tended to do the old pilgrimage up the road two hours you used to catch the train occasionally before they got rid of trains but who knows with Winnie and Shane Jones you might get them back but uh, that was always a good trip and uh, when the Stags won one game we used to have a parade around the octagon you know get all the Southland cars together a few loud hailers a few stag antlers out the out the windows we'd play the roaring pen song you know you don't get it easy in this town because we've got supporters from all around sort of thing and uh, do a few laps around the octagon until the police would move us on or the disgruntled uh, locals would tell us to bugger off. Well, it sounds a lot like the Turkish fans after, you know, they might win a game in the in the Euros. They, you know, they stop the streets in Germany. Um, similar sort of thing. They're on roofs, the yahooing. We don't see that sort of passion from New Zealand rugby fans these days. Yeah, we are a bit reserved, but, uh, you know, and, and especially Southerners, we're not exactly outgoing people at the best of times, but when the Stags win... Uh, you know, you sort of let your hair down or your mullet down, so to speak, and you, and you throw a few Swedes around and you get stuck in. Very good. Uh, obviously a long history with the Stags, but also um, the beer, the Tri-Stars, your Spates, the pride of the South. Yeah, well, I've enjoyed a few over the years, Henry, and, uh, and most recently on the weekend, uh, so it was a bit of a slow start to the week, uh, unfortunately, but no, it's a, it's a passion of mine, uh, and it's, it's taken me into some good places, I guess, uh, it's not very often you're your, your beer fanboying or whatever you want to call it, your, uh, your obsession for your beer gets you anywhere, but I managed to get a, a, you know, a wee trip and a few other things out of it over the years, so it's been quite rewarding. Just part of the um, colourful, chequered history of uh, the one and only Mark Wilson, it took you, what, on the, what was it, the Spates Great Voyage over to London? Yeah, Spates Great Beddlery, so I think it was if you can't take your mate to the pub, take the pub to your mate so to speak, so uh, we chucked the pub on a boat, uh, filled it with I think about 76 kegs and two pallets of uh, stubbies and uh, set sail for London from Dunedin and 76 days later we, we pulled up the Thames and uh, took, took those kegs on shore and had a few few nights to celebration with all the Kiwis over there. We were meant to be celebrating of course uh, winning the Rugby World Cup but we got knocked out by France the day we arrived so that was a oh, bit of an anticlimax. Jesus. Uh, and was there a facade? It kind of looked like the the Cadrona pub. Was that? Was it was it? Uh, was a replica of the Cadrona pub. But it's, if anyone wants to go and have a beer, and it's still it's uh, in the Luggett uh, at the at the old Luggett pub now. Oh. So that pub it's been uh, all the way around the world, back to the Needham again, and now in Luggett. Um, if you open one of the cupboards, I think down the far right hand end is a bar goer. You'll find uh, go the stags etched into one of the cupboard doors, and also a shark that's holding a gun trying to shoot someone. The Jamie Monroe. Uh, Drawing near the great artist, so uh, that's how you know it's authentic. <laughs> Got that uh, authentic signage there, just to you know, know you're dealing with the real thing. Is um, you know, obviously this is a kind of sports related or health and fitness related podcast. So tell me <laughs> about the seventy odd days on that on the vessel. There would have been a you know a few exercises and how do you entertain yourself for that long? Yeah, well, funnily enough, Henry, we actually did pitch a wee project that was called Get Buff for the Bahamas. So we knew that we had a bit of time up our sleeves to enjoy ourselves. And then uh, obviously at the end of the uh, voyage, we, near the end of the voyage, we were going through the Bahamas, which is obviously a bit of a highlight. So boys wanted to get in shape and there was definitely a few of them carrying some, I guess, excess baggage from a few too many beers. And we ended up, uh, I don't know, just taking a few protein shakes and a few of the lads took it a bit serious and we actually ran out of milk. Um, and they were just mixing with water and they weren't eating any other food. And I was sort of looking at this as the instigator being the sort of semi-personal trainer on the voyage thinking, you know, when it goes a bit far, um, the cameraman Abe Raffles, I think he managed to shed about 12 kgs and he was looking quite buff for the Bahamas, so sort of worked. There was a bit of skipping, a bit of, we had a wee boxing set up, a few dumbbells, we had a few golf balls, rugby balls, that sort of thing. Most of them went in the ocean to be fair, but yeah, it was good. 
So what was there half a dozen of you jokers and a skipper? And then oh. Yeah, there was a, there was a skipper, the first skipper, he was a bit of a legend actually, but he had a few too many beers or enjoyed a few too many beers and he had a bit of a sort of sleep outside his hotel room in Samara and didn't carry on the rest of the voyage with us and then we got Anna whose nickname was Rat and he looked like a rat and he had a tattoo of a rat and he was pretty much a rat. So he, he sort of pestered around for the rest of the trip and we had a few sort of Ukrainians, Russians and, and sort of a, a chef called Ginobili who was always sort of touching you sort of interestingly and then wow. but the first chef we had Albert let's just say he wouldn't want to go into his personal hard drive um, there were some terrible things on there we, we unfortunately were a bit sort of short on material for the trip no one everyone looked at each other one of those moments when you get on the boat and we all realised we forgot to bring any nighttime reading as a group so we thought oh what have we got here? Someone had the Pamela Anderson video. So that did the rounds a few times, but we must have got a bit desperate after a while. And we went and talked to old, the crew, and Albert's like, oh, you know, boys, I've got something that you'll like, and it's sort of pidgin English. I think, I, I don't even know what country it's from, but the videos on there were German, and the people in the videos were quite large, and they weren't wearing very much. And uh, to be fair, we sort of threw that hard drive away and, and cowed in the corner in the fetal position and didn't really think the same of Albert after that. Prince Albert, eh? Classic Albie. Is Spates the only thing you drink? Oh, I'm a big fan of gin, Henry. Uh, yeah. Bombay, blue, blue sapphire Bombay gin, or Bombay sapphire blue gin. Uh, I've got that drinking habit off the uh, the great Murray Acker, who's uh, one of my old man's mates, and he's uh, he does a lot. I'm like a learner still. I'm just going through my training wheels. I just get the smaller glasses. Murray gets the big glasses, sort of the 1.5 litre ones, and I just chip wow. away. I'm just sort of learning my craft still. Don't be afraid of a wee Tanqueray. A bit of Tanqueray. Um, I've dabbled outside the Bombay, but just, uh, I'm, you know, it's a bit like my beer. I'm a bit one dimensional. You know, yeah. stuck in my ways as a Southender. Well, I'm sort of pleasantly surprised to hear you've sort of dipped out of the of the uh, brown lemonade game because <laughs> for a long time there you wouldn't really budge. Would well, you? I had to use some pretty innovative tactics to get myself spates at various uh, locations and occasions, like people's weddings. If you could camouflage it as a wedding present, you could bring it in and you put it in the freezer for about two or three hours before you got to the wedding and then it was just chilled down to the perfect temperature to sort of bring it out and uh, enjoy it during the rest of the afternoon. Sounds like the uh, Tui Great Sneak, but uh, obviously household spates edition. Yeah. Um, well, you know, so far we've touched on a pretty indulgent uh, you know, sort of a life, you know, um, travelling the nation, um, spanning oceans. But there's a bit of hard work involved here and there as well, and, and you did say you're a bit of a you're a PT, so you do a bit of that. Well, yeah, I guess we're on a fitness podcast, and uh, and you've probably seen me pesting around here at the gym and, and various other fitness related uh, occasions, and I guess I'm a, a great one for trying to get a bit of balance and blending into your life. So I left university, and I didn't have too many skills because I could talk a lot and I could run around a bit. So I thought, and I was unemployable because you know, I don't really go well in a structured environment. So. I decided to be a, a consultant, so I did some fitness consulting and some personal training. Uh, sort of mixed the two together. Over the years, the personal training's sort of, uh, you know, I guess it's reduced in, in scale and frequency, but I still dabble. I'd like to say my current clients are the fun, entertaining lifestyle clients that you, you end up with. I guess they're a bit like me, you know, they do their exercise to balance out their lifestyle. Yeah. You know, certain, certain people like Scoop, uh, we go for two runs a week and just as many beers afterwards and uh, we've done nine, I think nine or ten half marathons together now so that's, that's, that's really quite impressive I mean like you look at Scoop and you wouldn't think a uh, runner um, yeah he, he manages to pound the pavement and sort of get results yeah I think it's a bit of a lifestyle lesson for most people I think if you start thinking fitness is all about aesthetics you're in for a pretty long depressing road 
if you're going to be a bodybuilder, you look good for about two days on stage, and you know everything's about a pinnacle. Whereas life's sort of about maintaining and getting through. So, your people like Scoop, you know, they might not be oil paintings in terms of a bodybuilding sort of physique, but you know they do enough to service the lifestyle. So you know the running counteracts the drinking, or almost, and, and he enjoys the running. So we stick at it. And then I've got uh, you know the like Mel, the lovely uh, the lovely Mel, who's probably the most regular feature over the years at this facility. Uh, Industrial Fitness, uh, she's done 999 personal training sessions with me now, so we'll tick over the thousand in the next week or so, and uh, maybe then one of us can retire. I don't, we've probably driven each other mad by now, we might deserve a break, but again, just Mel, she balances a, a, a very enjoyable lifestyle that she has, hard working, hard playing, and, and trains hard all at the same time, and and I've got the men. The um, They started as a middle-aged divorced dads, uh, now they're older than middle-aged, and some of them aren't divorced, and some of found new new ladies and some haven't got any ladies but it's a bit of a mix and, and they're always entertaining and uh, we enjoy just as many social occasions as we do at the gym I think that's part of it you know they keep going because they enjoy it not because they uh, you know they love the pain and suffering of exercise but because they enjoy the entertainment uh, yeah, fairly sort of niche um, crowd that you're working with the, yeah. you know you've sort of you've obviously got a f- formula that sort of works to a select few and obviously works for you yeah well I, I had sort of obviously dabbled in the, the athletes and then that's all right you know but you've got to really hone your craft you've got to be reading the books you you know you've got to put your heart and soul into it but I've you know quite busy with the old marketing consultant these days Henry so I think um, you know, my strength is probably more in the recreational client who you know just wants to balance a bit of good life with a bit of good exercise. Um, how did the thing with Scoop come along? Has he always been a bit of a jogger, or you know, where was this? Well, sort of... I feel like, uh, and, I, and Scoop will correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Richard Thomas was probably a bit concerned. He was the uh, former, uh, you know, big boss man at the Mountain Scene in the past life, and he'd known Scoop for a while as a journalist. He'd Scoop had obviously been in there for since almost any of us can remember. He's a pretty much a fixture. And Scoop enjoys a, you know, he enjoys the odd uh, meal at the Lone Star and the odd uh, meal at the Braz and, and quite a few brown ales to, to wash it down and, and obviously you know the, the years were going by and Scoop probably wasn't in as good a health as he once was so Richard thought it was a good idea to engage the, the lovely uh, Erica McLeod it, it was at the time uh, uh, pre, pre-marriage to take her for a few runs um, and then he sort of wore Erica out and I think actually to be fair she needed to have some children and so she retired to, to do the breeding and so she did a fantastic job getting Scoop going. Then Julia Chandler, 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 sorry Julia, got involved and did it for a while and then uh, it sort of got left to me. I think he ran out of uh, sort of nice looking females to train him and got stuck with boring old me and that was, I don't even know, seven or so, maybe eight years ago now Henry and we've just been plotting away ever since. Really sounds like a sort of Mighty Ducks kind of Coach Bombay kind of a scenario, real sort of rags to riches, you know, you're turning around some of these punks and uh, you're getting results. So, um, well, they're still alive, Henry. That's what I always look at at the end of the day. You know, like uh, if you, <laughs> what do we, what do we do exercise for? It's to sort of survive and thrive. Uh, you know, hopefully at the end of the day, sort of maybe to look good on the beach when we're a bit younger. But when you get to my age and beyond, it's more like uh, to make sure you can still bend over and put your shoes on in the morning. Well, yeah, it's, as you said, it's sort of ca- to counter some of the um, bad habits that you pick up in the weekend or sometimes during the week and to try and keep that balance, isn't it? Yeah, no, we can't all smash out a 2K row as quick as you did before, mate, but uh, we can all get on the rower and battle away. Hey, um, I've heard some vicious rumours that um, you know, in, in your heyday you'd come in to, to do a class or do some PT and you'd be fresh out of an all-nighter. You'd come sort of from the Terps, from the town, straight into, into your work. 
True. Well, well, Braden and Lee and I had a, a boot camp operation quite a while ago back in the day uh, when boot camps were in vogue, actually. It was quite busy and uh, it was also a, a heady time in, in our probably social lives. Uh, I, I know I was probably single and I think Braden was as well and, you know, we were a bit younger and we enjoyed the township a little bit more. Uh, to be fair, we are probably tucked up at home and bed a lot earlier these days and... Yeah, there was the odd night where we might have got a bit carried away, maybe at the Buffalo Club or <laughs> one of those esteemed... Those Wednesday nights. Steam venues, you know, <laughs> one of the topless Tuesdays or, or, or what was it on Thursdays with the Buff Ugly Girls, but... The ginger night. Yeah, we, we occasionally sort of tied one on, but I've always sort of been a reasonably efficient operator in the mornings, uh, even, after a, even after I've had a full head of steam up the night before, so I'd just head back to the office, so I'd uh, get a Red Bull from the night and day, which was open 24 hours back in the day, and it might still be, but I'm never up that late. Just head back to the office, drag on the Red Bull, give myself a good clean, make sure I didn't smell like a brewery, and go and run a session. And Braden at the end occasionally would go, "Have you been out all night or something?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> not have been." But uh, you know, I've never missed a. I think, fingers crossed, so far, I've, I don't know how many thousands of PT sessions I've done, and I've. Mel's told me not to come once because she felt sorry for me about how sick I was. And I think in a couple of days before the sessions, I've had to rearrange the odd one for for work, travel, or meetings. And I've had a couple of injuries where I've had to substitute people in to run scoop or I've had a bike beside him, but I've never cancelled a PT session on a client that I can remember in my life. So uh, oh. and that's a good lesson for any young trainers out there. If you want to you know, have an active social life, you've got to be prepared to back it up and actually turn up in the morning and still uh, do a good job with the clients. Yeah, work hard, play hard. Uh, exactly. Not a bad philosophy. Um, what's more impressive, you and Mel sort of rocking up nine on a thousand uh, sessions is is sort of keeping count and keeping track of that sort of thing. That's quite impressive. Well, you know, you got to invoice and uh, you know send bills and do accounts and uh, you know that sort of thing. So I just have it in my system and it just tracks through and I can keep keep tabs. And it's sort of my whole life's in calendar, so I can look back ten years and go, what was I doing on in the in the ballroom with the candlestick with um, Mrs. Purple or whatever it is in Cluedo? Big pun. <laughs> I think I might have lost you there. Um, good to see you have your numbers uh, on lock. How, how do you keep it interesting and, and fresh and fun? Like, how do these middle-aged men? Why do they keep coming back? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily the the, the exercise itself. I think we just try and create a fun environment in, mm. in the gym, so it's a wee bit of healthy banter. So, with the men, every time someone's late, uh, they get a fine. So, I think it's three dollars every five minutes. Every time someone useless they get a fine and that you know it's it's not sort of a demeaning level of uselessness it's a fun banter level of uselessness if wardy doesn't get new shoes or new shorts regularly enough he gets a fine because he's always on time so we've got to find him somehow and then we gather up all that fine money and we uh, spend it on entertaining uh, ourselves probably twice a year um, we've had some pretty good nights so i think the end of year party last year the last thing i remember was wardy yelling at me while i had my car on his lawn and a few of the men were running with their clothes off back from the tennis court with uh, a former Bachelor New Zealand contestant. So it was, you know, we, we keep it lively. Oh, shit. I can only imagine. Um, yeah, I've seen you out here in the gym and you're, you're sort of flexing, well, you're working out and you're wearing jeans. Um, you know, there's a few sort of wry looks coming at you, and, and you know, especially coming from me. What the hell's going on there? Well, please, I think please explain. Denim's a, a highly underrated garment in general. Like it's the great multi. The denim short is the great multi-purpose garment. So, for example, I've got quite a few pairs of denim shorts, and uh, they, they come in handy. I, I wear them hunting. I've run half marathons in them. I can you can wear them to town at night. You can wear them to the pub um, during the day for like an afternoon session 
can wheel into the gym, you can casually kick around at home, they've got a lot of pocket space. And when I'm running with Scoop, I need a, quite a few anti-inflammatories and Panadols for me. I need a phone to bring the ambulance in case Scoop or I need the defibrillator. Um, you know, I want to take some pictures for the mountain scene. Right. So, so there's just the universal short. Yeah, they, they work uh, well. That, yeah, work for obviously all environments, including sort of, they're not restricted though, is there, you know, those thighs still got room to expand? Yeah, look, I haven't got the biggest thighs, so they, they fit in there. Uh, they've been, they haven't always been accepted as gym attire though. I, I do remember one time back at uh, the, the council facility uh, that um, out at Frankton, we had a few challenges with a, a new gym manager who'd moved down from Auckland and he decided that my jean shorts were not acceptable gym attire, which began an interesting standoff. I'd been working out at that gym, you know, a bit because, uh, you know, as I could play water polo out there, so you go to the gym and Richie Heap was the former uh, manager and he's a, he's a great friend of the show. I think we might be featuring him at some stage later in the year and um, so, you know, we, I was a regular and I, all of a sudden apparently they were a health and safety issue. So I just asked the question as anyone would, well, how are they unsafe? And obviously there was not really a good answer for it. So it started a bit of a, you know, if you wear them again, you won't be allowed in the gym. So the next time I came back with denim jeans and a denim jacket, and he got a bit more infuriated and the end of it was uh, some, some threats about throwing me physically out of the gym and oh. a few other people and then he sort of didn't have a job anymore and I'm still wearing my denim so the denim went out in the end. I think, um, I think we don't see enough double denim these days and I think if you can sort of put it into situations where you know it's, it's very uncommon then power to you and uh, you should be celebrated not punished. No, it's good. I agree. Um, Brian Adams, he was a great man. You know, he's getting that trend popular again. And um, well, he might not be carrying the, the baton on. I'll, I'll give it a crack. Bloody good. Are you wearing denim when you're um, yeah, toying about with George, your horse, out in the in the farm there? Yeah, George. And uh, yeah, George. He you need to keep all the carrots and something. So the denim shorts are, are quite handy there, and that also sort of protects you when he's trying to sort of bite them out of your pocket because he's sort of quite partial to sort of jump the gun on, on getting a hold of his treats. So you need good robust. Uh, attire to sort of handle that. He features heavily on your Instagram. Um, yeah. what, what's the go? Is he just a pet? Is he like a big dog? Yeah, he's sort of like a big dog. He's a, he's sort of half horse, half human, half dog sort of arrangement. Uh, he's also been very expensive this year, Henry. He's had a few uh, health issues, so he's uh, spent quite a few months in Christchurch at the Canterbury Equine Clinic getting uh, a, a whole raft of procedures. I think he's had an endoscope up his nose about 30 times this year, and they're, and, and they're not, not cheap, so uh, you know, I think I probably could have bought a new car, but uh, you've got to look after your pets, don't you? You don't. Where do you keep him? Uh, are you just frolicking out in the... He's out on Speargrass Flat. He's deer fenced in, because he's quite partial to jumping the fence, uh, or going under it, or through it. He's just wants to eat. He's, he would be, uh, you know, he would not be a thin human if he was a human. He's quite partial to a, a, a bit of a feed. And he, yeah, out at uh, Cindy and Doug's out there who are very kind to let me let me have some space for him. And then I just go out and take him for a few runs. I've got a great team of uh, friends of George, I'll call them, that, that help me look after him when I'm away with work. And they take him for rides and they pat him and spoil him and go and take him treats and hay and carrots. So yeah, he's pretty well looked after and well loved. I always see you riding George up there on Bones Farm, up Queenstown Hill. I see a spades ad, you know? Yeah, well, it's, I see it. There's a potential, I wouldn't be turning it down. Uh, George might not want to walk all the way up there, he's quite lazy, but if we dangled a carrot in front of him, he might go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, you got, you got a bit of a sort of vested media interest uh, as well. Obviously, you can sort of hold a conversation, which is, which is huge these days, but. 
Um, you got a, a column for the mountain scene. You dabble on on radio broadcasts on like national sort of what is it radio live sort of farming programs and whatnot. Occasionally, some very misguided editors and uh, radio show hosts will, will let me on. Uh, so I think you do. I think I had a mountain scene column quite recently about councillors being underpaid, which people would think was surprising from from me, who's a bit of a limited government man. But I think you know you need good people. Council's a bloody important job, and it's hard to get enough people to put their hand up and I guess like anything money attracts so I sort of thought give them a pay rise and see if we get a few more people out of the, out of the woodwork and uh, yeah I do the odd rural rural interview on uh, on rural exchange or the country or um, the muster with oh, big, yeah. big Johnny Turner he's always a good on you, mate. always good for a yarn and uh, we, we talk about a bit of sport a bit of politics and a bit of farming the um, just going back to that councillors thing, what do they get? Like ten or fifteen thousand a year? About thirty odd grand in Queenstown. Oh, I, I think it might depend on where you are, but it's set by the remuneration authority. Uh, it's a government agency. They get a bit extra if they are uh, on committees and, and things, but they you know they meant to work twenty hours a week, and you know I think we'll all be familiar with some of the councillors in our own area, and they you know most of them would probably do more than that pretty hard to say no to various community groups and functions and, and especially if you want to do a good job, you've got to drive, you've got to listen. So, you know, I think it's hard to balance. And I know some have only lasted one term when they probably would have been good and would have wanted to keep going a bit longer, but uh, it's just pretty hard to fit it all in and you don't get paid a fortune. You know, it's not bad money, but for if you want to attract the best people and you want them to give up a lot of their other pursuits and things that they like in life, then you sort of got to be willing to, to pay them. And they look after, in Queenstown, one point three billion dollars of assets and I think it's a hundred and thirty million dollar budget each year so it's Jesus. it's not it's not chump change and you, you probably want some good people yeah are you sort of priming the sort of pay raise um before you throw your hat in the ring <laughs> well, I'll probably be accused of that but uh no I, I I'll just leave it to the professionals as I've told them before whenever they've said look Mark stop criticizing us and put your hand up and I'm like look I'm, I'm I might be criticizing you but I still don't think I can do a better job so you guys, uh, I'll just backseat drive over here and, and you guys just keep doing what you're doing. And we are pretty lucky. We've got some pretty good counsellors. Uh, just be good to have a few more come out of the woodwork and mm. hand up too. There's probably none under 40, is there? Oh, you don't think there is actually, so that's a good point. So, You've yeah. got to have a bit of time or, you know, a big, big amount of willingness to be able to commit to it. So it is a yeah. challenge. Um, you do, well, you also pop up. Um, quite political on a on a national level. I'm not just talking the country, but the party. Yeah, you know, I've been known to throw a few comments around on on Facebook. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably more right than left, uh, but I'd like to think I'm also common sense more than stupidity. So I don't know how those two things blend together. But yeah, I, I give it a crack. Probably in politics at the moment, I get a wee bit worried that uh, we don't talk enough to people that don't agree with us, and we don't have enough. Uh, I'd say dialogue. At, outside of our own little teams, which which worries me a little bit. I think if you look at the Americans, you end up in a pretty bad place if you think that everyone that disagrees with you is a, is a dick. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know lots of people don't agree with me, and that's good because you have a good, robust debate and you can you end up getting better, better answers and better decisions out of people who are willing to consult with people they don't agree with rather than just sit in their own little boxes. Yeah, right. It's, I think it's um, you know, if you can't at least consider someone else's opinion or you know, rationally try and debate it, then um, you know, maybe just pipe down. Yeah, so there's, we've got the you know, like you'll probably see uh, me and the, the the great Rob Dicko go at each other a wee bit on social media. We're actually pretty good friends, and I think Rob does a great job out there with his sea shepherd stuff and actually getting stuck in and making a physical difference in the 
in the world instead of just yelling at everyone on social media. So, you know, we might disagree on things, but I think there's a good respect there on, on both sides, hopefully. Bloody good. Well, um, such a balanced and prosperous life there, Mark. You've got a few things coming up on the horizon that you can, uh, you know, you can dwell on or check off. Oh, in the, in the fitness space, so obviously Mel's a thousand session is going to, I think, we're not really one for celebrating, you know, I don't really even get presents from my family at their birthdays or Christmas, so I'm, I'm understated when it comes to occasion, but I'm sure we'll try and do something for Mel, I think she probably deserves it, putting up with my absolute rubbish waffle for a thousand sessions and me putting up with her hangovers occasionally and her being grumpy with me and, and various things, so I think we put up with a lot together, and so we'll have a wee celebration. Uh, Brayden and I are looking at uh, bringing the great world of cryotherapy to Queenstown to aid in people's health and recovery. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. It, obviously, it's, it's a bit of a fresh sort of fitness or health fresh revelation. Is, fresh is the right word. I had one in Hamilton uh, recently, and it was it was cool. Uh, it was definitely refreshing. It was pretty energising, and I did the wee spot cryo, which we actually don't have. We aren't getting straight away down here, but it, uh, I got the old rotator cuff done, and that was, it was quite good. So, you know, there's a bit of evidence around it. You know, it does help with your health and recovery, and uh, definitely feels interesting and, 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 and a bit of, I'd say a bit exciting, a bit exhilarating. Ooh, is it kind of like a reverse sauna? Is it just the, the cold treatment? Yeah, it is cold, but the, the one particularly machine we're getting is a contrast machine, so it'll heat you up and then it'll cool you right down. So uh, you don't have to do that, you can just go straight for the cold, and uh, but, but that way you sort of get the hot cold, so you get the uh, contrast and it sort of works that circulation a bit better. The other uh, good thing I think about it is, you know, for us lads that we sort of like a good number, we're like, oh look, I got down to 140 last week sort of thing, and you can have a wee bit of a competition with your mates. So I was battling at about 112 and wanting to cry, so no, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but I think uh, you can get up to, you get up to 160, I think, negative, so. Um, well, I don't know what that means, I don't know how you, It's just cold. 160 cold degrees, or yeah, 100. Minus 160. Uh, machine temperature so obviously I don't think your, your body goes to 160 but the ear around, around it uh, and uh, so you can imagine that that you know takes away a bit of inflammation if you've got a uh, you know some, some joints here that are screaming out after an aggressive 2k row like you Henry we'll, we'll get we'll no doubt get you in there yeah throw you yeah, through it yeah, yeah, the old um, extensions over there are coming along eh it's yeah so we just need the extensions to get done and that, that's starting to look good I'm getting a wee bit excited I think everyone's been waiting for things like the changing rooms that'll be a, a highlight and there's a saunas going in apparently. I was sort of suggesting that you could fit a few more showers and if you just sort of knocked out all the partitions and we went like the old rugby change rooms but apparently that's not the done thing these days so well, apparently got really good you know individually partitioned change rooms in case anyone was wondering. Yeah no Brady took us for a wee walk around and um, yeah it looks bloody good and can't wait to have it all, all bloody um, tickety-boo all sauteed. And, and what about you Henry you've uh, you got a, a few challenges for the body coming up uh, you were talking to the lads about before. In the, in, the, in the legend space, what's going on? Oh, what the legends? Classics. Classics. Ah, nah. That's um, it's the old cameo, the annual sort of rugby pil pilgrimage each year. So I do enjoy that on on your book, on the uh, Facebook there, and uh, I see you hanging out with some individuals that uh, I've, I've probably enjoyed a few too many beers with over the years, which yeah. is uh, always entertaining. Yeah, yeah, obviously a few purists. Uh, they like to head over there and over to New Caledonia and we'll call um, them good tourists. Yeah, yeah. I'm just sort of, but essentially what it is, Mark, is sort of rubbing shoulders with some of the locals, um, giving back to some of these uh, lesser communities, teaching them, you know, the game that we love, rugby, and uh, spreading the good word of the Lord. Well, I just so that I can get Alan Ward on record here, he he has promised the uh, boys a trip to Argentina for the Hollanders game next year. Uh, 
he did win some tickets with Air New Zealand, and so we thought, what better thing to do than take your mates uh, with you? We, we said we'd shout the hotel and a few of the beers, so uh, just, Wardy, we haven't heard back on that, so I'm just making sure that you're still in the game and sort of getting it on public record, and, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to go back on that on that offer now that it's... Uh, it's been on the uh, on the podcast. Mm, you've, you've got some good contacts at the uh, airlines as well, as we sort of touched on at the start of the cast. So maybe you could hit her up. Well, you know, if no one else will take me, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark, pleasure to have you in here, mate. Good to um, you know scratch the surface, go a little deep, and uh, see what you're all about. And yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. Uh, enjoyed it, Henry. Thanks very much, mate. Take it easy. Inohora.